race car. I declare bankruptcy. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Depression. Isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out? Dwight, you ignorant slut. Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment as a child when we realized that the world could be conquered. You're listening to Great Scott, the Untitled Goose Podcast. My name is Jay Ray. With me is my deskmate, my player two. No, not my player two. That's creepy. The opponent on the other side of the internet whose mom I'm accusing. Whatever. You get it. <laughs> Jacob. Hey. Yeah. That um, was uh, was something. Well played. Well, my wife beat Untitled Goose Game this weekend, and I was like, oh, oh that'll, yeah. be a, that'll be a funny gag, but I had nothing. So Is, is that fun? Oh yeah, it is actually. It's chill. I mean, it's it's indie, you know. So that's you know some jank, but it seemed fun. Cool. Yeah. Well, you know what it was. We were uh, we were in Colorado last weekend, so there was a lot of plane trips. She went to L.A. then Colorado or whatever. So we were, you know, there was a lot of games on our list that we've been wanting to play. Uh, surprisingly, there's no internet in the Rocky Mountain, which was a real surprising revelation when I got there. Um, so I couldn't download anything. Until we got back. We we were in a cabin. Uh, yeah, once we got to Denver, but then the switch couldn't connect to the Denver Wi-Fi, like in the hotel. It was like a login screen and mm-hmm. kept trying to figure it out. Something about manually putting in an IP or whatever, but none of it was working. Just gave play the other 20 games I brought with. Um, so we're here to talk about The Office, though. Um, yep. I guess before we jump in, just visit all of our shit. Follow our Twitters. Twitters. <laughs> follow the tweeters. Um, I need a tweeter account. Yeah. Uh, what is that? Broken Jars? Uh, yeah, Broken Jars Broadcasting, gmail.com, patreon.com, Broken Jars. Uh, I'm at Jacob on Twitter, uh, Broken Jars. Yep, J-A-Y underscore R-E-Y on Twitter. Same with an extra underscore on Instagram. My Instagram feed is lit right now. If you check it out, you can see a picture of me pretending to be a Super Saiyan. So want to check that out. Um, yeah, that's what's going on. So we're here to talk about The Office. We are in season nine. We are... A little bit more than halfway through, uh, though some of these episodes are starting to get longer. We'll talk about our right. first 40-minute episode this... Uh, mm. I mean, I think technically speaking, numbers, we're well over. Yeah, we, uh, yeah we're doing great. But this is like when they really start setting up the end game for this. Like this yes. is really what's... Yeah, and um, well, we'll talk about it. But it's, it's, an, it's interesting to see it unfold from this perspective of analytical, scientific, you know, place. <laughs> Anyways, so, yeah. Yeah. season nine, episode 15, Couples Discount, directed by Miller and written by Alice. Valentine's Day. This is what, the fourth episode? They seem to have like some kind of Valentine's Day. Yeah, there's the, there's the Blood Drive slash Lonely Hearts. Uh, is, that is, is that the same episode that Jim and Pam go out on a double date with uh, the Vances? And they bang in the bathroom? I think so. And then you have the bottom, bottomless champagne. Uh-huh. You also have like, what, I think season two, there was oh well yeah there's an ep- uh yeah once jim is like not being cold to pam but he's like not flirting with her this on a particular valentine's day pam has to watch phyllis get all these big prizes right yeah that's one mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that was season two because and yeah so they covered a decent amount this uh this old valentine's day and they like everyone's kind of upset because andy is supposed to be coming back tomorrow from on the boat mm-hmm. yeah so you know they it's you know, it's like your parents are back home, you know, no more 
shooting your younger brother with a rubber band gun. Well, you know, like Dwight, I guess he's just like forging Andy's signatures on all this stuff. He's like, I really like Andy these days. He's imaginary. He does whatever <laughs> I want him to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so we find out too, through the course of this, that they've actually had their most successful quarter since David Wallace has taken over. Right. Right. Um, so it's all been going pretty well. We've, we've noticed this before that the office functions better without a mayor. And I don't know, I, I feel like that's a joke slash commentary on all hierarchy. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see that. And especially because, you know, this is sales. It's a lot more independent work. Right. In well, cause when D'Angelo goes out of commission and no one is brought in to take the job, they also have a very, what feels like successful time mm-hmm. without a bar. Um, so Aaron starts talking about how she's dumping Andy when he shows up. Right. Um, but Pete finds this out. Well, so he's aware of this as well, but he notices that Aaron starts treating him differently. Right. Basically, you know, we, we can do whatever you want. He doesn't think that she's actually going to dump him. You know? <laughs> he, he does this big long thing about like you know, they were, they were having to put his, their dog down. So his last day they got to do whatever he, you know, they did whatever the dog wanted to do. And, and then Aaron like tells B like, "Hey, you want to go play play catch in the parking lot just with a frisbee with a dunder mifflin frisbee?" Yeah. Um, yeah. So he he knows that tomorrow's not going to be a great day either. Um, <clears throat> but the other the other side thing, then aside from everybody prepping to have a good day before Andy shows up, um, and to do that, they find out that there is a couple's discount at the mini mall. Right. Uh, specifically, like with the the salon, or mm-hmm. I don't know what that area is called, where they do your nails and massage your butthole. Right. Chilies. <laughs> right. So, well, Angela brings it up because she's like, because she likes it because they have to use like a watch repair kit to give her a manicure because her feet are so little. Right. Yeah. She's it, kind of a spectacle over there. Yeah. I mean, she does have small feet, but she's a small girl. It's four, five, one, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know they, she's obviously not someone of a, you know, she's not so short that it's at a deficit, right. uh, but I guess she is the smallest that she can be before she gets there. So she's treated like a toy in a lot of places. Right. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> one, that's, that's a pretty short, you know, that's pretty short. Yeah. Even for, um, so Angel wants to go and to benefit from the couple's discount, people start to pair up. Right. So, so. According to the internet, she wears a size five, which is a nine inch foot. Okay. That's what, I mean, it's not very big. No, it's not. Yeah, my foot is larger. I wear a men's size 14. Damn. Yeah, bigger. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so people pair up. So what is it? Who does Angela end up pairing up with? I don't remember. Uh, Nellie's like, Clark, you're coming with me. Yeah, yeah. So they, they. And everyone up. pairs up and Oscar asked Daryl, I was like, hey, you want to pair up? He's like, no. I'm sure. So he feels bad about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, because yeah, ultimately they're the only same-sex pairing right. that goes, which comes into play later. Meanwhile, uh, Kevin is reminiscing about this lemon chunky milk that he has been slowly sipping, like little mm-hmm. sip per day uh, since Andy For left. For three months. So yeah, so that's like twelve weeks. And uh, yeah, so it's funny because it was just milk. Right. By the time of this headshot, it's a lemon chunky milk. <coughs> yeah, so however that takes. So he's going to be upset about that. 
Um, sort of the B other storyline is like Pam and Jim. This is where like the Brian stuff really comes to a head, you know, because we learn a lot about it. So for whatever reason, well, Pam feels like they should do something for him because, you know, he kept her from getting all that stuff. Uh, so, but I don't know why you would do it on Valentine's Day. That's you. Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe I have to read more or whatever, but I feel confident that this is kind of the end of Brian until it's brought back up in like in one comment in like the final episode. Well, it's also, have has she already talked to him about like how much stuff they get like the, with the boom mics and everything else? Because there might be, or does that already happen? How much they get? Yeah, well, yeah, because everyone, when they see the promos, that's, so it's coming up. When they start seeing the promos and they realize just how much of their life uh, was getting recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so maybe it's one more or so. But, um, you know, I don't know. So it's just like this is the first time that ev- everybody in this love triangle is going to be aware of it, I guess. Right. And so it comes out that, you know, Brian broke down, da- or Pam broke down from Brian. And, like, she didn't tell Jim that. And that upsets, upsets Jim. And- yeah, I mean, so what do you think? I get both sides. But ultimately, Jim is wrong, Right. Um, I could understand being, I could really understand like feeling that way. Like, okay, this is weird. Uh, you know, why didn't you tell me? Right. More, more than anything else. Like just why didn't you tell me what was going on instead? Uh, you know, and that, so I get that part. And he's like, you know, I kind of a chump cause I didn't see this coming and all this other stuff. And you know, they, they find out that they didn't want, like, you know, they, they find out all this other stuff and you know, Brian's getting divorced and they, he talks about like how that all happened and et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah. Well, cause I, I guess my point is that um, obviously as a significant other, you always want to know when your SO is upset. So, you know, you could write wrongs or explain or whatever. Right. But similarly, Jim has not been handling the Philly thing very well. Oh, no, no. He's been handling it terribly. Right. So it makes sense that Pam would want to hide her own discomfort and sadness about things because Jim has not been a great partner during right. this it, stage of things. And that's always the hard, like, the hard part about this kind of stuff is like, you're like, okay, well, like, you know, she does bring up this whole, you know, you always say you don't want any more stress or don't do it. And, you know, this is stuff, you know, I had a very similar conversation with my wife today about some of this stuff and she's like i don't want to stress you out and this other stuff i'm like well let me be the, let me be the judge of what i can't don't hide things which you know me i don't know if that was the best way to deal with it but it was definitely something where i was just like yeah i would at least i would rather know and have it stress me out than not right you know, that kind of thing yeah no i mean you know again jim has failed Right. Oh, spectacularly. So it, you know, it's it's not like Pam is just not trusting Jim. It's that Pam has been proved that Jim can't handle what he's doing properly. Right. right. That she had to be the strong one, whatever. Anyway, so it's a weird lunch, uh, and uh, it ends up setting Pam and Jim off on a little bit of a little bit of a grumpy streak here. Um, We also find out that David Wallace is visiting um, shortly that this particular afternoon but andy shows up the day early right to surprise aaron but it's really just that's right he shows up for david wallace be surprising aaron on valentine's day and um 
Yeah, I mean, probably these episodes moving forward are the most like Michael that Andy gets. Right. There's it's definitely kind of, some of that. Yeah, there's like this uh, post sandals vibe that Andy's got going on. You know, mm-hmm. he's got his island instrument. He's got his weird hairstyle with the bands in his beard or whatever. Right. You know, he brought, yeah, just like Michael brought the steel drum back from Jamaica. The bead thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so he's trying to like live the life or whatever, but he's also trying to pretend that like everything's cool. Right. So kind of goes into emergency mode and tries to get a sense of what had been going on over the last three months so that it comes up kind of. Right. And, you know, so he's like, you know, tell me what's going on. And so they start feeding him all this terrible information about how like it was a fire and we started selling balloons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's great. Andy continue and Andy does some other things. So he tries to be the, tries to be a manager and uh you know chastises Dwight for giving Jan a deal on that white paper sale that right. was not approved or whatever by the higher ups who would have been Andy who was not around. Right. And so that's yeah. Yeah, and it is attempt to bluff he loses the whole freaking Right, thing. which is huge, right? Yeah. Um, and he starts picking on everybody, right? Yep. He's like, "Well, you're, you know, it took you 2 hours and like we see this in the next episode where um pam leaves for a job interview right and he, quite he's like yeah. he's like where are you going and she's like not on a three-month boat trip <laughs> yeah 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 so uh people don't forget this and andy seems to not understand how his thing is in any context right um yep he remembers clark's name calls him various names off of clark right um still calls pete plop that's going to become relevant later right uh, right. And so, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of stuff, uh, that's going on. And he, and he like goes to get his paychecks and everyone's pissed. He got a bonus from Wallace that he insists on taking and everyone's still pissed. Yeah. So, so it comes out during the break room that people, you know, Andy should suffer for the things that he's done, but nobody wants to be the tattletale to let David right. know that. Yeah. Um, so, and Dwight would, but he has a history with David where he's kind of botched some of this. Th- what was it? Instead, a boy cried wolf vibe with David Walsh, but instead of wolf, it was genetically engineered monster wolf. Yeah, that's right. So, <coughs> so I get it. Um, yeah. So that's how the misinformation in the meeting f- comes about. Right. At, by Andy not knowing what's going on, him telling so yeah kathy ireland that's a funny bit she's nude in europe very tasteful yeah um so jim and pam get back from their lunch thing and you know jim explains why he well kind of explains why he's upset he does that dude thing mm-hmm. and um ultimately tries to go to philly early you know right. he, B- he bs's some stuff about them like doing some type of celebratory dinner has to be postponed because he's got work in philly she must have something to do And uh, because we find out during that lunch, Brian makes this observation that when they stopped fighting him and his significant other is when he realized that their relationship was over. Um, So Jim is obviously trying to leave before a fight that is reminiscent of those comments from Brian. Not necessarily because it's from Brian, but you know. Mm. Well, and I also just feel like, I mean, fighting sucks, but fighting definitely sucks more on like a day where you're supposed to be happy. You know, right, right, yeah, Valentine's Day or whatever it is, yeah. And so, and I, I can't why he's kind of wanted to bounce out, but it's also like it's a bitch. Stop being, stop being a wuss. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, yeah. This episode really showcases um, some of the 
some bad moments for the guys of the office, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Andy really fails everybody and Aaron in this episode. Jim, similarly, as he's been doing, is not doing the right thing by paying. Right. And I'm not saying it's right, but it's, you know, he's got that escape valve, right? Like if when things are getting hard, he can just nope out to Philly and be like, hey, look, this is going on. I can't do it. This is, this, you know, we've talked about this in the past, but it's very much a, um, we we see the cracks in Jim in this in this season about how yeah. like he's not as mature as he likes it. Yeah, I mean, you know, for what it's worth, if we look at the relationships we know Jim's had, we've got Katie, and that mm-hmm. was only about a year, and we know that was on and off because in the middle of that is his barbecue party where he hasn't seen her in a while. Right, Katie always just felt like it. It never seemed like it was ever going to be serious. Sure. You know, it really just felt like, hey, you're cute, I'm cute, let's, you know, have some Right. Um, Karen, similarly, doesn't necessarily last the whole year either. Right. You know, they they merge kind of mid-season, and by the last episode of that season, she's gone from Jim's life romantically. Mm -hmm. Right, and it's also, if you, Jim's never fought for the relationship that that we've seen, you know, besides trying to get Pam. But, you know, he breaks up with, uh, what's her name? You know, on booze cruise, like, let's just break up. Right. Same kind of thing with Karen. He just, like, leaves her in New York City to go get another woman. I mean, that's pretty, pretty douche. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's just never proven that he seems to be in a lot of long-term relationships. While as unhealthy as it was, Pam was with Roy for almost a decade, you know? Right. Like six years or something, which is not almost a decade. Whatever, mathematicians <laughs> of the world. Well, and that's something we see sort of contrasted. The next episode is Pam doesn't. You know, we, we, we when she's talk when the dude's talking about her resume, he's like, "This is so you know, this is I like oh, this." Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They stick that's around, right. and it took <clears throat> a lot to get her to leave. But in yeah. the end, she ended up going back, and who knows if he hadn't broken up the bar, maybe they would have gotten back together good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever have a full conversation about how Jim and Pam roll out. Maybe the last episode, maybe we'll just keep talking about different points of it moving forward. <clears throat> but I do think ultimately at the end, both of them don't act the best way throughout this whole thing. Not saying that I would, right. but they both make mistakes. Big, yeah, for sure. It's, and I think a lot of it's just, it's that, it's, 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 you can see the, the cycle. Yeah, the, the cycle of, okay, well, you did this or you didn't do this, so I'm going to do this or not do this. And that's just, you know, it, it's a really easy cycle to get in in a relationship. Of, you know, somebody does something and it just creates this feedback loop and it keeps getting worse. Something right. happens. Right. And, yeah. and I think that like this, the thing with Brian sets up the, 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 the needed blow up, you know, because they talk about how like, you know, Jim's about to leave and Pam's like, hey, don't go, stay here and we're going to fight. And it's probably the things that needed to have been said, you know, beginning of the season kind of thing. They've just been building and building and building. Then all of a sudden, you know what? Boom. And sometimes it's just how you got to get, get all that crap out. Yeah, but for what it's worth, this is not the fight that ends whatever. Like this, this is it. This is what they're in for now moving forward. They keep having these types of conversations about, you know, why there was such bad miscommunication while they were separated, you know, but that's just part of it. 
part of the whole crux of it is that Pam ultimately didn't want Jim to do this. So whose fault is it? Is it Jim's fault because he's dense? Is it Pam's fault because she didn't say it soon enough? You know? Well, that's, uh, that's kind of what I was trying to get at is like sometimes it's Bill's fault. No, for sure. That, but you that's know. what I'm saying. It's like, I don't know if we'll have a moment later to address that ultimately they're both to blame because there are episodes that pop up that make us blame a person, you know? Right. Um, this episode's ambiguous, but the episode where Jim is yelling at Pam for not recording CC, like Jim's obvious asshole. Right. Um, but similarly, Pam, well, I don't know. It's hard to blame Pam in that situation. Jim was the dick. Yeah, yeah. No, no, there's, there's definitely certain situations in all this where one of them is worse than the other. Yeah. There's just like the ball getting roll, like rolling down the hill, you know, like Jim shouldn't have kept it from Pam. Right. But as soon as he brought it up, she should have blown up at him. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was just, it's, so it's just that click, 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 and they're, they're just down the hill and it's just bad, right. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jim stays, presumably they fight. They seem happier next episode. That's that. Um, you know, Pete has a moment with Aaron at the end where Aaron tried to break up with Aiden. It didn't quite. Right. And he's all like, look, you know, there's a lot of love on my end and, uh, you know, you may not be feeling love right now, but if you fake it, I won't be able to tell and I'll be happy. Either. Yeah. Which is just like the worst. I mean, again, it's really Michael, you know? Right. Well, and it's also, I don't know. I don't know if that's really Michael because I don't think Michael would do. Well, it's the idea of like the obliviousness of Michael, mm. you know? I mean, Andy has his own flavor of it, which is why this right. could have worked or why the writers and, and one of the things that really, like, messes with Aaron and fi- I think finally gets gets her to drop the hammer on Andy is that she realized that she had, he had been in contact with a lot of people all the time for the last couple of months and, you know, he only emailed her, what, four times or something. Right. Yeah. So Pete says, I just want you to be happy. Aaron gets stoked. Runs back upstairs, breaks up with Andy fully, but Andy was on speakerphone, so her comments are relayed to David Wallace, who now thought that Andy was not, despite having a good meeting with him minutes, hours ago, you know, whatever. Um, Yeah, so that's the crux of that episode. We end with Andy and Aaron separate, presumably going off with Pete. Jim and Pam are fighting, and uh, there's no hope for... Nelly and uh, Clark. I did like Clark was like not putting up with Nelly's shit when he was there. Like, oh, your, your boyfriend looks like pretty girl. He's like, yeah. nope, full price. <laughs> and Nelly's just there going like, I can't even have a pretend relationship. <laughs> yeah, that's what she gets. She was being a dick, to be fair. Yes, yes, you. All right, so that's that episode. What do you think? Uh, it's okay. Uh, like I said, they're they're just kind of. It's a point in the season where they they're they've got to put all the pieces in the right place to get to the finish line. And this episode and the next episode are really big alignments of those pieces. Yeah. Plus, you know, they're also trying to set up the whole, hey, we're going to do a spinoff with Dwight. Did you give it a number? Oh yeah, sorry. This is I gave it a two out of five mini mall. Hey, it's just like a mini mall. You know what that is? Montgomery Flea Market. Google it. You'll love it. Okay. Anyways. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Of the two that we watched, this was definitely the lower one. And while it does things that it needs to do, uh, doesn't mean I liked it. So two out of five expendable incomes is what we're doing. All right. Next up, moving on. Episode 16, directed by John Favreau. The uh, John Favreau. That's right. Of um, Don't say anything that is good. I was going to try to make a joke of swingers fame. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> of, the guy, of the guy who got puked on in I Love You Man fame. Um, written by Graham Wagner. So 
So this is basically a sequel to the next episode. It jumps right into right. the repercussions of everything from last. Yeah, he just, Walt's just ripping it in. He lied to me. He's like, well, you lied to me and all this stuff. He's like, he's like what about this? My wife is sick. You know, all as well. I was like, which one is it? Walt's is like, don't you fucking dare. Yeah, yeah it's... um. Andy got a haircut also for some reason in between these two episodes. He had that weird wig at the end of last episode with his island hair, and now he's like regular Andy. Right. Um, yeah, so ultimately that conversation ends with Wallace acknowledging that it's because of Andy that he owns the company. Um, so right. with this forgiving of this three-month freaking thing, uh, they are even now. Right. I mean, that was things like, like, this is it. Yeah, I know. And I don't – I mean, look, I get Michael – Michael made bad jokes, especially his grape puns at some point. But um, yeah, Andy saying vanilla after Wallace saying he's on thin ice, like is probably the worst joke in terms right. of like, association. He was, yeah. he was a bit. Yeah, stupid. But the, um, thing is, the thing with like, especially in the, these situations comparing like Andy to Michael, like Michael never would have done that. Like he, for, for all of his faults, he really did love Dunder Mifflin, you know. Yeah, and well, and it, yeah, for sure. It's what makes Andy so unlikable is that we've seen this version, you know, this character before, and Andy is like a corrupted version of it, but has like no good motivations, no childlike wonder. Like he is just like recklessly stupid when he does some of this stuff, you know. Right. Um. So that's that. We get um Aaron and pete now are officially dating but they're keeping on the dl right because it's super hot apparently Apparently. i mean we know jim and pam enjoyed that uh dwight and angela are no strangers to secret engagements of p and v uh we also know oscar and the senator have some you know they have a secret relationship so you know lots of secret relationships in this office Yeah. (laughs) yeah it's gross yeah so we get this whole thing so Andy's having a hard time with Aaron being around, you know, it's, it's like, you know, he, he told, she told me that our relationship will be proceeding without me, which is the worst way to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he talks about like, you know, everyone tells you how good office relationships are. And I'm just sitting there going, no one says they're a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a lot of Andy crying in his office, peeping through his blinds and stuff. Again, things that we've seen Michael do. Um, and then, so that I forget what it's sick is number twelve. Oh yeah, yeah. So like, so this is the first time where we've really seen Aaron like really into the guy she was with. Yeah, and so uh, well, she was into Andy. Yeah, but she's like, I saw his butt. Yeah, sick. Right, <laughs> right, like, right, right. Super horny Aaron is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. This um, is probably like the first time she's really dating somebody that that we've seen that's probably appropriate for her. Yeah, like a like, proper equal. Yeah, well, and also, you know, Andy's got to be, what, at least 10 years older than she is? I mean, maybe as t- as old as 10 years. Yeah, so there, there's just, you know, and Gabe, is, well, he's Gabe, though. He doesn't do reproducing <laughs> yeah, at all. No, <laughs> no well, so, because not for nothing, I think Plop is too young for Aaron, or, or younger than Aaron by a relative significance. But it's because of her youthfulness that winds up her and Pete so well. Yeah, maybe, but... Because Pete know, sounds like he's fresh out of college. Right, but if, as old as everybody was at the stop, top of the show, and Aaron's but been if, around for But if years. Aaron got the job at like right out of high school, that then the line, ages line up pretty well. Yeah, but we she didn't get this job right out of high school. Kind of seen that. One. No, that's crazy. Are you stoned? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, I am not. <laughs> okay, that's too bad. Uh, um, so 
Anyway, so whatever. They seem happy. They seem nice. They're doing a thing. Mm-hmm. Pam is going to Philly for a job interview at a uh, realtor. Yeah, a big real estate office. Yeah. And uh, we find out she's printing her resume. I looked on, on nice paper because it was coming through that side feed mm-hmm. for anybody who's working in an office. What up? I see you. Uh, and we, it's pretty short because ultimately, like you're saying, Pam pretty much started right out of whatever her... She said she went to college. Um, well, it's been established a few times that she did go to some kind of school. Yeah, even if it was like a two-year community right. thing or whatever, she, she did it. She played volleyball there. We know or, this. Yeah, that's right. And um, so her resume is very short, about as, as right. big as an index card. But like, she didn't, it would have been a lot easier for if she had actually like talked about like projects and other things she had done. Like there was no, there's no reason for it to be that short. Yeah. Except for I, comic well, effects. For the joke. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. She could have talked about how she had technical knowledge by installing the new printer, all of her organizational oh, yeah. skills and different uh, initiatives that she started, like her chore wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So all that stuff doesn't elaborate. Reminds me, I got to redo my resume. Oh, Dreading that. I'll redo, I'll redo it for you. I'll make it as long as Pam's. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's a little nervous. She hasn't interviewed for a job in a while. I mean, technically speaking, the only other job she's had aside from Dunder Mifflin is Michael Scott Paper Company, which she also could have as a separate. It's true. It's true. But I mean, I don't know. It was for like, what, six weeks? <laughs> she was a sales rep there. Yeah. The company did so well. got acquired. So yeah, whatever. Um but she's going down, she's nervous, but she's going to gym down. Right. On the other side of the office, namely the break room, Dwight is now asking Angela to help clean his arm. Right. Because she had a nurse, but the aunt was putting strict nine in her lemonade. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty vengeful. Like, you got to be a pretty vengeful person to, like, try and poison. Yeah, she's not a great lady when we see her sh- shortly. Her name is Aunt. Right. And, and so... This is the first time I've caught this, but Dwight says, you owe me. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, what? Why? For what? Like, what? It, like- yeah, I'm not too sure because it just played off like normal. But yeah, there's no clear reason as to why this interaction happens the way it does. Um, right. I'm trying to think what he had done for her. Was, was, it, uh, was, it him, was it him going vigilantes for her? Well, when they were going to cap Oscar? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's that. I'm trying to think if he any did any help with the senator. I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just like a banking on the relationship of the past. Maybe like but, a lot. You owe me. But but with their with their history and what we've seen with all the contracts and everything else, uh, there's got to be like I feel like there's got to be some kind of specific event. Right, that he's referring. Yeah, it feels that way. It's a little weird. And so, yeah, so that's one of the other storylines. We've got this whole thing about how, um, so Andy's wondering what's going on. Like, it doesn't seem like she moved on fast. But she gave away her, his blue sweater that she loved. And this is when we find out that um, no, that Andy doesn't remember real name. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because basically she finds out that Aaron has been texting someone new. Right. Um, and they're just one and Andy goes into the annex to ask all of the guys if they know anybody named Pete. Now, Clark is aware of the relationship between Right. Um, everybody else doesn't know. And for whatever reason, also, even though they've all referred to him as Pete recently, no one's well, right, well, this is the first well, the first time he goes back, it's just Clark because there, there's two things and so he talks about it, it leaves it. Clark says his great line. He's like, I'll give you a hundred bucks to wear that sweater. And <laughs> yeah, this blue sweater that Aaron ends up throwing, she says. But it, based on this conversation, it sounds like it may, be, I've left, may have been left at. Yeah. Uh, 
I can't tell you how many hoodies I've lost through to different ex-girlfriends. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, really, chicks should buy bigger sweaters. Oh, but no, they don't want to wear their own clothes. They want to wear your clothes. Yet when I wear their clothes, I get in trouble. Uh, hey, <laughs> yeah, Gabe still wears Aaron's, you know, foodie pants or whatever that's, he calls that's them. That's gross. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah, Aunt Shirley is a bitch. Number 25 yeah. here in Jake. Um, and essentially they show up. She's like half asleep on the couch. She's dirty and gross. She's like gray, white. Um, she's got a left breast hanging out of a hole in her outfit, which is which we were all warned about. Apparently her clothes are just disintegrating off of her. Right. So. And she had like a prehensile wing or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> disgusting. Um, but Angela's there to help. So they have brought over uh, food and uh, bathing supplies and clothes. Right. And so she keeps calling her a kitchen witch. Which, yep. So I looked it up. There's some debate over the exact country in which the kitchen witch originated. Some claim Norway, others Germany, but consistent points is stemming from older European customs. The poppet is, de- is to depict a good witch who inspires productivity and safety in the kitchen, but also counteracts any ill will directed to the home is considered a good luck to have a kitchen witch. Uh, so there you go. Wow. Uh, that really cleared some things up. <laughs> Context. Yeah. Um, yeah. So ultimately, Dwight suggests that if uh, Aunt Shirley drinks a liter of schnapps, which will make her docile. Schnapps is home. That's some high power. That's generally very high powered. Yeah. So uh, suffice it to say, it does the. Um, okay. So, right. I skipped ahead a bit, but you do have a note here questioning Aaron's motives. Uh, with Andy searching through her phone. Yeah, so like she leaves her phone on her desk. It, it was just really weird. Like it's like she looked back to the phone. Like should I leave it here? Should I not? Like maybe she wanted to get out in the open. Maybe it was just a oh I forgot my phone. Oh well, you know we've gone too far to quote Kelly uh, <laughs> Camargo to White Castle. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't think so. She does look around suspiciously. Part of me was wondering if she was supposed to be meeting Pete or something. Because at the end of this scene, we do see, or later we do see Pete standing in that weird hallway that the fire in. Right. Which I think is like a back way to the warehouse, ultimately. I don't know. Anyways. Um, so I don't think Aaron did, but it's possible. But either way, so now he's got the Pete name. Uh, eventually he figures out it is Plop. Right. He goes like in the back and it's like Daryl, Kevin uh clark and peter back there he's like all right everybody take a knee right and, so, <laughs> and he's like so does anyone know anybody named and so he walks so andy eventually leaves it finds pete's lunch bag and you could see everyone just moving away from him in the background and him just like slinking under his computer it's it's a really well shot scene i thought because it yeah. is very subtle in the background but you can see the movements of everyone going Oh, shit's about to get real. Is that what you think? I thought they were just leaving. Well, it's just the way they kind of parted. No, for sure, because the camera's focused on Pete. But I did feel like they were just leaving because that meeting's over. Yeah. And Pete's the one who has to stay at that desk looking at Andy, checking out his life. I mean, for what it's worth, all I think Andy finds out in that particular instant is that there is a person named Pete here. Right. Maybe he has the, maybe he remembers that Plop is Pete, but um, it's not until like the next scene that Pete is... um, I'm just bad with words today. He is encountered. He is addressed, something like that. Aggressively addressed. Right. Andy goes with the, I have chlamydia. 
Yeah. <laughs> Another very Michael Scott thing. This is something Michael would have done. Yeah, yeah. Clearly on WebMD, making up a disease, saying <laughs> that he has. Uh, trying to gauge Pete's reaction to see if Pete mm-hmm. is surprised that he might have caught chlamydia from Aaron. Um, so Pete does admit here that they are in a thing. Right. And he kind of starts to lose his stuff. He's like, yo, fuck. Yeah. Like, you're fired. And Pete's like, you can't fire me all this other stuff and he does at least here i think he does screw up later (laughs) dealing with andy and everything pete Pete does but right here he's like look it is what it is i'm sorry overlap yeah and well and he goes directly to toby so good on pete for having the uh professional wherewithal to know well yeah but it's also you know he tried to do this with nelly so i i I would assume that the habit of andy's yeah yeah Okay, finally back in Did Philly. Did Michael ever try to fire anybody besides the fake firing? Besides the fake firing. No, not this way. Not out of like a personal grievance thing. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> um, okay, so in Philadelphia, we are seeing Jim. Now, sometimes I'm confused. Sometimes it's fine. Like, do we think all of the people of Jim's level at Athlete are also working in that open floor plan like that? Uh, it, that's generally how those kind of business because like jim's like kind of front and center he's not the receptionist but he's like up there right like i don't know you feel like he'd be somewhere in the back it seems like he's supposed to be important the way he's been cheeking all of his responsibilities in screen right but it, with, with a lot of the startups it's just they actually don't even have a signed desk it's wherever you can get it i know but it's like his company yeah right it's it's not he's not you know he's not okay now we need person number four like he is one of the people right all right, whatever. Fine. I don't know. I mean, no. Apparently, you don't, Jacob. And that's the problem. <laughs> uh, so Pam walks in. She's wearing her interview clothes. We see Jim. He's got a Bluetooth headset in. There's Very douchey. Yeah, there's a couple jokes about that. Ultimately, leaving. You're to, gonna crush. Uh, and that's fine. It's a nice interaction. Pam is, you know, has told us how she feels about the interview, but that does not get conveyed during this short interaction. Right. Uh, back at the Shroot Properties, uh, Aunt Shirley is basically passed out on the couch with an empty liter of schnapps. Uh, Jacob says in his notes, I would die. That is correct. <laughs> you would. Most people should. Um, that's that. Man, some of these scenes are short. Yeah, there, there's a lot of movement. Yeah. So liter is 33 ounce. Which is two like bottles of soda. That you can buy yeah. for yeah, single So size. let's see. I can in a shot of liquor is one point five. So she effectively drank twenty-two shots of alcohol. Yeah, that sounds like a lot. Well, that's the thing too, right? Because while two small bottles of soda sound decent, we're talking about hard like these are not, right. not a liter. In a lot booze. of sh- in a lot of schnapps tend to be ninety to hundred proof too, yeah. or higher. Like, like rumple mints, which I love, but it's a hundred proof and that's so docile is the correct way to phrase how Aunt Shirley is at this moment. I mean, if it were me, I'd be vomiting. So I don't yeah. Know. Um, yeah. So that's that. Um, we get a weird interaction between Nelly and um, Toby. Right. Where he tries to talk to Nelly, say they should catch up, and then immediately ends up going into Scranton Strangler stuff. And Nelly's just like, this is what I do. Like, he's like, I'm done with it. Just yeah. do something. So he you know yeah ends up deciding to go to the prison mm-hmm. which we'll see later um, yeah, so, okay. so yeah the big thing is like pam finally goes to this interview yeah it meets this like the michael scott of real estate kind of 
Right. So it's played by Bob Odenkirk, who was one of the original people who uh, auditioned to play Michael. So it's, you know, a fun, know oh yeah, yeah. So it's a fun nod and it's basically getting to see what his version of Michael would have been had he been hired, you know? Right. Of course he goes on to, you know, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. So he did fine. <laughs> well, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he co-produces stuff and you know, whatever. He wasn't, I guess he wasn't like a face though for a while. Probably not until Breaking Bad, I would say. If you're not a comedy fan. Right. Um, yeah. So he does a tour. You start getting to get a sense of who some of these people are. Like there's a white guy who's not listening to him. It was clearly the gym. Uh, once, uh, once this dude starts telling everybody to chillax, uh, we know he plays guitar. Michael claims to play guitar, but Dwight's always the one who plays it. In a right. Um, does a Gangnam style joke. That's addressed at an Asian worker who he explains is an American. <laughs> Right, like Bruce or something, like yeah. very, very white yeah. Anglo-Saxon name. Yeah. Uh, there's a temp to ignore. Um, we find out his aunt works there, who he's probably the meanest to. So as right. that, there's no nepotism. Right. So like he has a, like they're they're interviewing the office. He's like doing doing dealing. He's like, uh, she's pretty cute, but she's married, so we won't go there. And like all this stuff is just awful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that interview goes, and Pam's giving a lot of like knowing looks. That you know, again, it wasn't it wasn't super veiled. We all know this guy is basically the new Mike, right? It, but we find out that it is just a reception. Yeah, he's like, you know, wants it up here. We don't want a man up here. All this other stuff, very sexy. Um, and they say it's an office manager job, so as to not make it sound because it's less demeaning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I give him credit for being honest. I guess. Well, that's the thing too. It's like Michael, right? Michael wasn't necessarily dishonest. He was just bad at giving the truth, like a little bit of like delicacy. So it just came out to be like bullshit. Right. Uh, so it's kind of similar. Um, and it's just interesting, I guess, to see the many versions of Michael Scott, like in the last two episodes with Andy doing his shtick last episode and now Bob Odenkirk doing this. Um, okay. So back in the office, Andy is yelling at the whole office once Aaron leaves to say, why didn't you have my back? Right. You know, something about, his Juliet's boss being important. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, that he feels like Juliet's previous lover, who is probably her boss, and right. that is something that people should heed. Uh, Meredith does say that she tried to get Andy's back because she right. sent her genitals to a uh, picture of her genitals to Pete, several via email. Um, so that's that bit, but Pete overhears, which will inspire him to do the thing he does in the next scene. Once we get back from Philly, where um right we kind of go over her resume um let's see one two punch to my scrotum pole i forgot that line but you wrote it right yeah because um toby toby brings it up like look they have this contract whatever oh yeah. right 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 yeah 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 um okay so that's that where else are we yeah i mean we were saying it offline a bit but this episode's 40 minutes i think it's too long there's um, just too much going on. Yeah. Because there's yeah. really like four different storylines and some are five and some pick up in the middle uh, of it. Um, so, you know, so we'll, we'll, let's get rid of the Toby one. So like Toby, they finally go to the hospital. The screen strangler chokes him out. So he won't be able to talk for like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and what I, I did, there was a great, great line from, from Daryl. It's like, don't use his real name. That's a devil name. Yeah. Cause it's one of those first middle last name type names. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But then Nellie says it's brave and Toby gives her a look. And, you know, again, this relationship, I guess, has not ended yet. 
So that's that. They really just need to like bone and. Yep, that's it. One or the other. <laughs> um, so James tells Pam after her interview to stick around that they could have dinner together or whatever, but it's mm-hmm. got to be in four hours because he's still got work shit to do. Right. So Pam says it's Philly. I can kill four hours. Now, Andy does this thing, and I'm not fully sure how, what the ruse is of the whole thing, like how he did it. Well, they were both consultants. Right. So at some point, Gabe, who comes back shortly, mm-hmm. um, apparently left Saber or something. And uh, I kind of got the feeling that he was let go when. Yeah, it's not when, super clear what uh, happened. David Wallace does what he does. Right. Because he, he in charge does... of all of Saber, or did he just buy out Scream? Uh, just Scream, because they yeah. liquidated the rest of the company. I see. Yeah. They, they, they do say that uh, at the end of season eight that uh, Joe Bennett was liquidating. The- Got it. Yeah. Uh, so again, it's just crazy. I don't know. So what? Now they're, now they're just a local paper supplier. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> right. They're not like an, a, they're not a nationwide distributor like they used well, to be. Or I, it seemed like they were. Well, I think he bought Dunder Mifflin. So all the branches are still so utica and stuff is done that's what i I assume that those were still all up and running uh functioning offices i don't know they you know we used to talk a lot about like the corporateness of it all and i feel like they were playing real fast and loose oh definitely (laughs) like all right well we don't want to bring back freaking joe bennett so let's get rid of her everybody likes david wallace let's bring him back okay (laughs) um yeah so gabe comes back as a consultant so does this woman named alice who we found out in a previous scene was an ex of Pete's. Right, like they dated for like two years in college. Yeah, well, because Pete does this thing, and it's probably ill-advised, but he tries to convince Andy to move on. It's all fine. Right, yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Like this, this right here is like earlier, fine. This, not so much. Like, yeah, I mean, what he's saying is is factually correct. But that's just a dumb thing to do, especially to your boss. Yeah, yeah. So Andy gets mad, hires these two people to kind of torture yeah. Aaron and Pete. Um, Alice is here to consult the marketing department, of which there is none. So right. she's just sitting directly across from Pete. And uh, Gabe doesn't uh, yeah. even pretend to do the job thing. He just shows up because the way he knows Andy is like just there to get Aaron back. Right. Well, there's this good thing in the back where like, Andy's being a just jerk. He's just like, oh, yeah, how's this feel, Mr. Lecture Much? Yeah. <laughs> so and so, Aaron realizes what's going on. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, realizes that Gabe is going to be there. She's yeah. like, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, everybody just starts kind of, like, annoying each other a little bit until we get a conference room meeting amongst and that just evolves also into just a complaint match of everybody harassing everybody. Right. It's a, this whole thing like, he's not very sophisticated. He can't even use chopsticks. I know, which, you know, not for nothing. I mean, I'm half Asian. I can barely use chopsticks. I don't think that's a symbol of your sophistication. Like, I, I really felt like whatever the girl's name was, the marketing consultant, Alice. Gabe, those two should have like. Yeah, part of me was wondering, the when I had first seen this episode, if that was a thing. Like, was Pete going to fall back for Alice? Were Alice and Gabe going to, like, have some weird thing where they would go off together? But Alice is a normal person, like Pete. Right. So it's weird. Gabe and Aaron are caricatures of humans. So it's it's interesting to see that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we also find out that Gabe lost and then regained 50 pounds. There's no way he could have lost 50 pounds. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Died. Yeah, I don't know where he would have lost it from unless of 
freaking leg fell off. It's <laughs> like, okay, that's gone. Oh, got it back. I don't know. It's stupid. <laughs> that's that's my freaking hashtag for this run of episodes. I don't know. Um, <laughs> all right. So back at Aunt Shirley, she's been cleaned up. There was a failed hosing that Angela put aside. Right. But Angela like gives her a bath and does her hair and treats her like a lady. Yeah. And Dwight really likes this. Like he's like, oh, this is good. You yeah, because for what it's worth, Dwight does care about Aunt Shirley. They've just been treating right. her like an animal. So. Right. Yeah. Um, right. So they have this nice dinner together. Uh, Dwight offers her the uh, stink sack of the skunk that they the are eating. skunk. <laughs> yeah, because she's the prettiest girl in the room. Uh, and Shirley's like, oh, when are the wedding bells? Like, oh, we're just friends. Like, oh, that's yeah. what Mo said about his lady scarecrow. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <It's so hot. laughs> He's what he did to her. Yeah, I don't know. That sounds good. Um, so does that mean Mo's learned sex? That's a good, I mean, not necessarily. Just because he did sex with something doesn't mean he learned it. You know, could could be terrible. Um, but the evening ends and uh, they are saying their goodbyes to each other and Dwight kisses Angela passionately, who reciprocates. A force of a thousand waterfalls. That's right. Um, but Angela does stop them. Dwight says good idea because of the horse flies. But uh, right. it, in actuality, she's remembering she's married. She's not ready to leave the sanitor. She's very religious and they, with the marriage vows and stuff, it's all tied in. So she's, you know. I get, I get it, and it's not. I'm not saying it's right, but the way they painted Angela, like, yeah, it makes sense that even though she is married to a gay man who's been cheating on her with other men, right? You know, she has to stick to her. Well, and I would assume, and this is sort of the impression I got is, you know, from when she did try to kneecap Oscar, you know, Dwight was like, "Look, if anyone's to blame, it's you and me because we were the first ones to break your wedding vow." So I just got the impression that she's like. She's there because she feel like she wants to uphold her end. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. Well, and I think it's why she's letting the senator do what he wants also is mm-hmm. because like, yeah, she just has to, it's more challenge for her to stay true or whatever. Right. Um, but ultimately she says she can't, she has to stay dedicated to the Senator. Dwight commends that saying, if you were mine, I'd want you to do that as well. Mm-hmm. And they kind of separate on this, you know, and there's no, there's no glances. A lot of times someone will like do a sneaky smile that the other character isn't aware of, but this is right. not that. This happens and everybody leaves and it's a tough moment for the two. Uh, but it's nice because it's probably, you know, you, you know that these two love each other, you know? Right. It's, 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 nice it's one of the, yeah. Was it twice? I like, look, we, we've we've spent too much time not to. Right. So it's just nice for them to have a sincere conversation that isn't right. like convoluted it, it, and stuff. I've like I brought up in the past where like you, we can see Dwight evolving. Yeah. In I think you know in the past this probably would have not ended well with him being you know I if you were mine I would want the same thing you know probably a couple four or five seasons ago he would have lost his mind but now he's accepting of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that. So we go back to Philly. Um, we find out that Jim has created this romantic dinner with Chinese food mm-hmm. and champagne. And Pam starts to recount her interview with not Michael Scott. Yeah, so what is this, The Odd Life of Timothy Green? I don't know. Like, I remember the movie. Like, I remember seeing the stuff for the movie, but apparently it's like Jennifer Connelly, no, Jennifer Gardner. Okay. Joel Egerton. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, okay. No, I've never, I didn't know those two were ever in a movie together. I mean, it, it, it's, it, it was a budget of 25 million and did 56 million at the box office. So it's, you know, one of those. Did things. it say when it came out? Uh, August 15, 2012. 
And when were these episodes? 2013. So it's just the year before. Right. So like it was a relevant movie, presumably when they shot it. Right. So I wonder if people were talking about it at the time. Like, I, like sometimes I get curious, like looking at older shows, like if this is just like a bad reference, like they thought it was going to be something that people were going to be talking about six years later. And that is just not the case. I mean, there's probably a really good chance that one of the writers. Oh, sure. Or, you know, someone who worked on The Office also worked on the movie. Yeah, that's a good point. That's probably probably why it came up. Yeah. Well, so this dinner ends in a weird moment where Pam says that she doesn't want to look for another job and maybe doesn't ultimately want to live in Philly. Right. And that's the big thing. It's like, she finally drops the, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I feel like, again, I know it's a show. We have to watch things in a dramatic fashion, but there must have been a time before all of this got to a point where Pam actually got a job interview where she could have told Jim, you know? Right, right. But I guess similarly, maybe it took the job interview for her to realize that, no, she doesn't want to leave. Right. right. Yeah. So she, she says something, I don't remember exactly when, but I don't want to talking heads in this episode where she's like, this is all moving faster than I thought. That's right. Yeah. Like, I, I got the impression that she felt as though this would eventually die. Yeah, the, the company would fail. Jim would have had his chance at the thing. Right. Be satiated and they can just move on with life as normal. Right. But similarly, Pam has shown in the past to be afraid of big changes like this. You know, she tells Jan once that she wants like the white picket fence and all that kind of stuff, but reneges on it, kind of acknowledging her lot in life that she'll just live with Roy and whatever. Right. There's a, I'll have to find it, but there's a really good sort of video essay on Pam and the challenge, like how being, being the way Pam tends to be can be bad for just like, I just want to be this way. And it's like, it was really good. I'll have to find it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Cause there is something about Pam where she's just like, something in her development period has caused her to believe that she will be nothing better than where she is now. Right. Which uh, is why like the end of the show, when she sells the house and basically forces Jim to move to Austin to go be with athletes, yeah. you know, it's such a big move. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's true. I mean, even, you know, she, she doesn't, isn't able to complete art school either. And it's like a similar thing where like she could have, but I think there was like an inner fear in her right that's like if i do finish this then maybe it's like too far in a direction that i wasn't ready to go i don't know pam's got right but but there's also sort of in in a very gym fashion she doesn't she quits things so she doesn't have to but it seems to be things over relationships right right jim's the other way right but similarly too, Jim, well, no, I mean, I don't know. Jim like has these moments where he's a go-getter, right? Where he wants to be co-manager with Michael. Right. When he wants to start this company. But then he like, sim- like you said, falls back too. You know, he doesn't want to take over the office when D'Angelo goes down. Right. Um, and that bites him in the butt. So again, they're very similar people, but they both fudged up. A sm- anyway, so that ends with that. We get this really weird scene with Oscar doing sit-ups in the doorway. Right. I mean, I feel like that's just to fill out the 40 minutes. It's basically a cold ending. Right. And, but the big thing is he's watching stuff online and the end of it, it pops up with a notification of the, the document. Right. It's the first right. time we see something official about the documentary, like actually coming out and doing things. Yeah. So for reference, again, this is a February episode uh, that says that the documentary is coming out in May. Right. So it's it's only three months away. And again, with the timeline of how this show goes, like, you know, some episodes take place over the course of 
one or two weeks, you know, we, we get there pretty fast now once, once things start happening. Right. Cause there's only 10, epi- nine episodes left, depending on how you want to count it. Yeah. You know, because the last two are counted as four episodes mm. in terms of that. Uh, I see. Yeah. So that's, that's the episode. What do you think? Uh, much aside from it being too long. Yeah. It, it's going to be cut. It could have been it was a little spazzy. Yeah. Um, right. And not even like two parts, just half. Right. But um, it was much better than the previous episode. So yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it like a 2.7 out of five. Don't call me Shirley's different episode. Reference. I, uh, yeah. It, like I said, these, these two episodes are just putting all the pieces on the board to, to finish them off. It's a, I gave it a three out of five liter of shot. Right. That's great. Yeah. And so, I mean, we're, we're, we're getting down to it. I mean, according to episode numbers, we've got eight episodes left. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's tough, man. Sometimes it's just not fun to watch these episodes and not, not even because they're bad. They just end heavy. You know, the last two episodes, yeah. Jim and Pam are at this precipice. Well, it's also, just keep hitting precipice. It's also precipice. hard to like talk about some of these episodes because there is a lot of, it's not necessarily filler. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's, it's arranging, it's arranging the pieces. It's yeah. kind of, it can be hard to talk about some of that stuff because like it's not filler, but a lot of stuff isn't really happening either. It's just like, all right, let's just make sure everyone's on the right trajectory because, you know, this gets us with Andy really starting to lose his mind, you know, Jim and Pam, the whole thing fighting over Philly. That's where it's supposed to be. We have this really good, I mean, really the best part of this episode is the whole thing with Dwight Angela and Angela. Dwight, yeah. Yeah. And so that really sets it up to, for them to hit, have that collision course yep. at the end of the series. Um, I mean, not to take anything away from Aaron. Right. I, I love the Aaron character and it was very fun, but there are other characters like Phyllis and Stanley and people who've been around longer who aren't, who don't get any type of wrap up. And presumably it's because they're old and nothing in their life is changing. They're just going to the places where they're going. But I already didn't like Plop and to dedicate a third of this episode to Plop and Aaron. It's just like, again, it's because it's Aaron's so closely tied to Andy and Andy is a main character. So he has to have whatever his ending is, but it's just right. like, it feels like weird pacing, and I'd ra- rather spend time with characters who we've known longer. You know, I'd agree. And we do get a little resolution with that. Like, well, I mean, Phyllis just she keeps going to her job. You know, at the end of the series, and right? Stanley retires and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So it's it's fine. We're getting there. I mean, the other thing too is like things end, right? And that's that's always a bummer. Yeah, yeah, I can you start to feel the the ending. Yeah, coming. And I can't say the show ends and well, like if we say like last 10 minutes of the show, it ends happy. But if I say the tone of the whole last episode, it is kind of uncertain, you know? Yeah. Uh, and not unfinished. I think it's intentionally uncertain because these, instead of like a documentary that ends, this is like letting us, it's reminding us that these people have to keep living. Right. You know? You know, what happens when sort of gives us the what happens when the cameras get turned off? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and, and I can definitely feel it. Like I can, I can, I can feel the ending coming, and it makes me. <laughs> yeah, no, that too, which is probably also affecting me. Like super enjoying watching these episodes because there's just the sadness. Right, but but like I said, we we finally got to like the point to where we're getting into that final. Like yeah. These episodes really matter. There's a lot going on. Yeah. There's a lot, I mean, a lot happens, you know, Angela gets, you know, all the Angela stuff happened, white stuff happened, Andy stuff happened. Yeah. Stuff's happening. Yep. All right. Well, sorry to be a downer, everybody. Yeah. But uh, we will catch y'all next time. We'll catch you on the flippity flip.
Have a good one, y'all. Bye.